Hey there, I'm Ashley, and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I am an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work-family-social-life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so much more. We think that living a healthy lifestyle is for every member in the family, from young children to adults. Everyone in the household will benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. If you're ready to learn some helpful tips for the whole family, let's do this thing. Welcome to this week's episode of the Teacher Mamas podcast. Today's episode is kind of a piggyback off of the episode Ashley did a few weeks ago uh, about gratitude and the bell ringer she does in her classroom. Um, You won't have to have listened to that episode to enjoy today's, but we will link the episode uh, for you to listen to so you can go back and take a listen. So today we're going to talk more in depth about choices that we can give our kids or our students that help make our lives easier and all the while making their learning more authentic and giving them a chance for some autonomy and control. Um, And let's be honest, we all love to have some level of control or choice in our lives and kids and teens are no different. But before we do that, we're gonna start um, by spending some time in gratitude. So Ashley, Would you you like to start? What are you grateful for? Yeah, so um, our district decided that (laughs) we've been through a lot this year with uh, COVID and everything. So they gave us two extra days of Christmas vacation. And I am grateful that our week coming back is only a four-day week. Otherwise, it would have been a full five-day. And that just didn't sound fun coming off of (laughs) Christmas. Yeah. How about you? What are you grateful for? I am grateful that we are starting to work on building my home office. I've been kind of just like hiding in different pockets of the house. Um, we we moved this summer, and so the main living spaces have been the first priority. And now we're finally moving into um, we have an unfinished basement, and so we put up a wall to divide one of the larger rooms and we are making it into my office. So I'm really excited about that. Taking a bit longer. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. As per usual for projects, right? Yeah, they definitely (laughs) tend to take take longer. For like this one, for example, we thought, oh, we know everything we need. We have all the stuff. and then we go to put the ceiling in today and we're like, oh, we need some two by fours. Which if you live in the city, not a big deal. You just go, you just drive in your car and get some two by fours. But for us, we have to drive 40 or 50 or 60 miles to get lumber. So it wasn't a quick fix. No. But we did get it and tomorrow we'll put in the ceiling. Nice. Yeah. In the episode that we talked about, the bell ringer episode, uh, I'm sorry, my cat is going crazy right now, purring like, so if you guys hear purring, 
my cats like have to be in the room with me when I'm recording and sometimes they drive me crazy but (laughs) anyways all right so in that episode we talked about the reason why choices are important to give to kids Um, and the biggest one I would say is no one wants to be told what to do all the time right like if you had somebody telling you what to do all the time that would be super frustrating you would have no control of anything uh you would just feel like you're being walked all over you wouldn't have a relationship with that person right so giving choices to kids gives them a sense of control um it can also help strengthen that relationship with the adult because they feel like they that you have a bit more um of their best interests in mind when it comes to school or if we're talking about at home. Um, And then, you know, of course, keep in mind, we can't always provide choices. Sometimes there is only one way that works uh, or that's all that you have time to offer and that's okay. But we always want to try and offer choices as much as possible. And keep in mind also that the choices that you are offering shouldn't be any more time consuming for you most of the time. Now that's not always going to be true, but you don't want to be offering choices that are going to take up way more time than necessary for you just to try and give the child a choice, right? Like at at that point in time, it may just be a no (laughs) or find something else that isn't going to take up a whole lot of time. Absolutely. And so so let's start off with talking about, um, you know, our elementary aged kids. I guess I do have, so, okay, back up. I do have an example of how we can use choices with infants and even toddlers. And this is something fun, actually, that I would do with both of my kids. Um, But it was also kind of like an experiment. So with infants and young toddlers, Um, You can offer choice by placing out different types of toys or books um, and seeing which one they go to and they can pick what they go to. And so for my kids, I kind of took this a step further when they were just like learning to kind of crawl. And I would put um, four toys on opposite sides of the room, far away from each other, make sure they saw all of them, put them in the middle and see where they go. Um, And so that gave them a choice, but it also gave me really good information about what they enjoyed doing and what was their, what was their choice. Um, And so giving toddlers and infants, like there aren't a whole lot of choices we can give them, but we can give them choices of, of what their, what toy they're playing with by giving them two or two or three options. Um, And then maybe they get a little bit older and we can give them the choice of what they're going to wear. I remember holding up, you know, for my daughter, it was dresses. She was being into dresses. And so it was holding up two hangers of dresses. Which one are you going to wear today? Um, instead of just telling her, this is what you're wearing and putting it on, giving um, one or like two or three choices, depending. And my, I don't know, my son, I don't really care. He can just go in his drawer and pick as long as all of the clothes stay in the drawer. If they end up on the floor, that right to choose goes away. Uh, anyway, so that's kind of our little little kids, right? So let's get into like school-aged. Um, 
There are different ways to do this on different subject areas, but also for behavior. So let's talk about like writing. This is one of the biggest ones that I'll see. Um, in, in the subject of writing, a big thing right now um, is having choice boards. So it'll look like a chart, maybe um, five boxes long and three boxes wide. And each box has a writing prompt and maybe the middle, so it looks kind of like a bingo board. And the middle one is free, free write. And then there's all sorts of different options. So if your goal is getting them to write and to write sentences and to write whatever, and it doesn't really matter what they're writing about, um, this free choice board can be a great way to give, give choices. I'll even um, in that, um, like our, district has switched to e-learning days on like uh, snow days and bad mm. weather days and stuff. And mm. a lot of the elementary teachers have sent home uh, like pre-emergency day. <laughs> they sent yeah. these baseboards home with the kids already. So we already have it at home for if we do have an emergency day like that. And so then they can just pick certain activities to do for writing or for reading or for math or whatever. Yeah. And that, that can be so nice. Cause then, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a second too, but I'll say it now with, with choice boards, we can use them with writing. We can use them with a lot of, with so many different uh, subject areas and topics. But what I've noticed is most of the time, I cannot say all of the time, but most of the time, our kids pick what they need. They pick what they need to practice. So the writing choice board maybe isn't the best example of that, but maybe like Ashley's talking about, there's different choices for reading or math or writing. They'll typically pick what they need to work on. Um, and so an example of that in my own classroom, would be, we would have learning centers. So, you know, there'd be maybe three to five kids in a group and, and every 10 minutes they'd rotate to a different station. And one of those stations would be in, in both, I did math and reading stations. Um, and so one of the stations was always games, but there were different levels of games. So um, in math, like I had one that was just practicing counting, grabbing a handful of toys and counting them. And that may seem really silly and, and small and trivial, but in our kindergarten or preschool classrooms, we had kids that really, really, really needed that skill. And, and I would see them like the kids that I knew were super behind in math. I didn't tell them what game they had to do, but they would pick, they would more often than not, pick the one that was right at their level that they needed um, or other kids, I would have extension ones too. And so some that had already, they knew how to count. They knew how to add basic stuff there. I had a couple kids that were learning how to add double digits. And so there were games working with double digits, um, but it was choosing the one that they could do and the one that, that, that they wanted to do. So they had choice, but typically they would choose, they would choose the one that I would have chosen for them, which was really cool. Um, 
So then there's other choices, you know, with centers in, in, in school, like you, know, you can either read a math book, a book about math or that has math concepts, or you can do a worksheet. Um, so then the other choice I've given and I've seen a lot of other teachers give is maybe like a research project. They're learning about a new topic and then they need to report on the information they learned. So the, the point is reporting about the information. What did they learn? And there's different ways to do that. So giving them the choice of you could write a report, you could write a nonfiction comic book, you could do an oral report, you could create a PowerPoint presentation, you could create a poster board with information, you could write a song. The possibilities are kind of endless, as long as you're giving me the information, uh, maybe on a rubric, like these are, this is the type of information that I need. The way you give it to me is up to you. Um, you know, one of the simplest ones that we can do as both parents and teachers is, is we want our kids to read. We know uh, there's so much, so much research. The more kids read, the more kids are read to, um, the higher their vocabulary, the more likely they are to do well in high school um, and in college or the trade school. And so we want our kids to read, but we don't have to choose what they read. You know, that's one of the biggest things and the easiest things. I need you to practice reading for 20 minutes. Here's a 20 minute timer. You pick the books. Um, and sometimes it might not even be that they're actually reading the words. They may just be looking at pictures, but that's fine as long as they're looking at books for 20 minutes. Um, another way I would do this in the classroom <clears throat> would be our book bins. Each kid had a book bin that had their name on it. You know, I had a big library. I'm big into books. The school has a big library. Um, and there were some kids where we just couldn't send the books home because we knew we wouldn't get them back. Um, so I always gave them the choice. You, you can take your book home from the library or you can add it to your book bin. And then we can keep you know track of it here at school. And um, I would put a book in it that was at their reading level, you know, that maybe we'd be working on um, during the teacher learning time. And then they would get to pick three to four books. And then every week they would pick new books. Um, but then when it was time to do read to self or read to their buddy, their books was, their book bin was where they would go to. So they'd already had the choice of picking what was in their book bins. But then at that specific time where they had to read, they had a manageable amount of choices. It's one thing to have five books to choose from. It's another to have an entire library. And then you can have choice overload and nothing gets decided. All right, so at home, as a parent, I have some examples of different ways that I've used choice. One of the ones that are kind of big, that's big right now in my household is, um, my toddler still needs naps and he's a super light sleeper. So we need to have it be quiet in the house. And my, my seven-year-old does benefit from having a quiet time. So she knows that she has the choice that during her quiet time, 
she can look at books quietly or quietly color on like a color by number or color in a coloring book, but it has to all be done quietly. And those are the two choices she has because if I give her any other kind of choice, she could be doing handstands against the wall or um, running up and down the hallway right next to her brother's bedroom. So giving her two specific quiet activities um, to do so that A, it has the desired outcome. She's having a quiet time and it's quiet enough that my son can sleep uninterrupted. So uh, my four-year-old, almost five-year-old now, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> he still needs a nap. And I, both of my kids have been really good nappers when people hear that my like five-year-old still naps are like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, he is still like, sometimes he could even still take a three-hour nap. It's ridiculous how much this kid mm-hmm. can sleep. So Um, there are days that we run around and we're super busy and he doesn't get a nap in. And then we have to tell him like, okay, well, this is going to be a busy day. You're not going to get a nap. So you will be going to bed early. And those are your two choices. Like you, and then sometimes we're not super busy, but maybe grandma's here and he gets like, he gets that like fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> FOMO and my five-year-old is crazy. <laughs> so then he doesn't want to take a nap and I'm like, okay, Colton, well, you either got a nap or we're going to bed early. So those are your two choices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, let's see another one. And I don't know, this might be specific to me. <laughs> in our family but okay so part of our evening routine is we do read to our kids and they get to pick out the book they each pick out one book uh within reason there have been times where they pick out a book and I was like there's no way I can read this 50 page book right now um we can start it but anyway so they both pick out a book and we sit in our lap and we read and we go through our routine but there are some times where there's maybe a movie that comes out, like like the new Disney movie in Kanto. Like we've been waiting for that. So we've been waiting for this movie and we knew it's been busy this holiday season, right? We have a lot of things to do during the day. And so the, the choice was we can watch the movie as a family, but then we're not going to be able to read books that there's not going to be time it's going to be past your bedtime at that point so it's going to be the movie teeth and bed um and we've had to be really specific about that because in the past we haven't been clear about okay if we're watching a movie as a family that means we're not going to do this other stuff because we've had meltdowns where but i didn't get my book tonight okay, but we watched a movie as a family and it's past your bedtime. So there's no time for a book. So through trial and error, we've learned that we've had to be very, very clear that it is a choice. We either do this family movie night or we can follow our routine and you get your books. Otherwise, you know, we'll try. If we know we have, we planned a movie night in advance, we can be like, okay, if you want a book, then it needs to be during the day, like before the family movie night but we won't do both (laughs) just makes it later for bedtime 
this is another huge one for my almost seven-year-old. She, and, uh, you know, all kids really need to get their energy out, especially if you're expecting them to do something. Maybe it's a chore, maybe it's homework, or for me, you know, we're homeschooling. So sometimes I need her to get her energy out so she can sit there and focus on her math or sit there and focus on her um, book that she's reading. And so I will often give a choice that sounds like this. <laughs> Either you run around the house a few times, because for me, that's super easy. It's like, you just get your shoes on and you will run. Or I can press play on the playlist that I've already made of uh, YouTube exercise videos. So things that I've already approved, um, I already know will give, uh, reduce her energy instead of like giving her energy. So giving her that choice. And to be honest, sometimes she does pick to run around the house because she doesn't want to spend 10 minutes doing yoga. She wants to just get her energy out fast and come back and do whatever it is. Um, so an example of something that maybe you do have to put a little time in, like you've already made mm -hmm. the video playlist, but once yes. it's done, it saves you a lot of time and energy. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes it's not a choice. Sometimes it's you and your, it's too cold to be outside. We can't play outside because it's below 36 and, and I mean, negative 36, not just like below 36 degrees Fahrenheit, above zero, I mean, negative. And you're not going outside. So you both are, are going in here, I'm pulling out the yoga mat and we're going through some of these videos. Like sometimes it's not a choice. And that's why um, I have that, that video playlist already ready, you know, maybe, and, and it's part of the choices too. It's, it's what's going to work for them. For my kid running around the house reduces her energy for other kids that might amp them up. And so that's not a choice you want to give. Um, okay. So this next one is about my two, oh, no, he's three, my three-year-old super picky eater. You know, Ashley and I were talking about this the other day. I think part of his picky eating is he's so scared he's going to eat something that's going to make his tummy really hurt. Um, and that's part of his allergy. He ends up in a lot of pain if he ends up eating something that he's allergic to. So understandably, he's a little bit cautious, but um, I can give him a choice. I can say, here are two to three things in front of you. None of them have egg. You can choose which one of these you're going to eat, but I need you to eat it. Our choices, because I have picky eaters, not, not that picky, but um, Sadie, especially Colton. Oh my gosh. He's going through a girl's spur right now. I think he's going to eat us out of house and home, um, <laughs> but <laughs> Sadie gets so, so picky. Um, and especially about like vegetables mm -hmm. so oftentimes I give her her choice of vegetable at dinner time um, because I know she's not going to like what I cook but I do need her to eat a vegetable usually she chooses her raw carrots and you know what I don't really care as long as you get a vegetable in however 
the rest of the meal, like carrots, raw carrots, she grabs that out of the fridge herself. That's not on me at all. The rest of the meal, you will sit down and you will eat it. I am not a restaurant. You do not get to eat whatever you want because number one, it's not going to be healthy. Number Mm -hmm. two, again, I'm not a restaurant. I don't sit here and cook multiple meals for everybody that wants something different. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I do give that choice on the vegetable. Uh, Lunchtime, it's usually a choice of like whatever's in the fridge. Yeah. Uh, if we're home on the weekend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then breakfast is usually a choice of either cereal or whatever dad's making. Cause he usually is the one who gets breakfast ready. So, you know, we offer choices throughout the day, but like I said, there is time, there are times when it's just, no, you're eating what we're eating mm-hmm. because this is not, I, I don't have time, not even, I don't have time but what are you teaching your kids if you're always making them something different, something Mm -hmm. that they want? They're, they're learning that they don't have to try new things. They're learning that they don't have to eat healthy stuff. And mom and dad will just let me eat whatever. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. Roberta and I were talking about this the other day. And I have, I know people who won't even let their kids sit down and try the food. And it drives me bonkers and they just automatically make them something separate and put it in front of them. They don't even make them a plate and make them try stuff. And it drives me bananas. I'm getting off of my soapbox now. (laughs) Yeah. I think the only exception to that would be for kids with allergies. Like, Oh, sure. You know, just, I think about if I go into a new situation, yeah, I'll bring food for Xander just because then I know for sure he's safe to eat whatever he's getting but like with Izzy she doesn't have allergies so I don't need to do that she can she can try things and she does so another really here's another example where it it, this one might end up being a bit more work in the short run but less work in the long run right and I think that's that happens a lot with parenting that's like a super good metaphor for parenting. The more we do up front, the less we have to do in the future. So uh, this one just came up recently. My kids had been really good at cleaning their room, their toy room for a while. They'd been really good at it. And then they got new toys for Christmas. And I mean, I did have a bin out that I'm like, okay, all your new toys, they go in this, this bin. They don't have a really a home yet, but they do have this bin. And they all fit within the bin. So there's no excuse to have stuff all over the floor. They just, I don't know what it was, but the room got worse and worse. And we have, I think part of it, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to psychoanalyze this, but um, bottom line is their room wasn't clean. They'd had plenty of opportunities, plenty of reminders uh, to clean it. And I know that they can because I've seen them do it. So I finally, my husband and I talked and we finally came up with this kind of consequence or choice of, okay, well, either by the end of the day, the room is clean or I'm going to remove most of your toys. They're just going to be gone until you can prove to me that you can clean up every single day. They knew this was 
a possibility. And I, I kind of made it extreme and said, I'm only going to leave one toy out for each of you. And they knew the deadline. And I even told them like, you start picking up, we'll help you. We're not going to make you do this by yourself. Like, but you have to do, you have to start. Mm-hmm. And they're, and they both were just like, nah, our room is, our toy room is messy. We'll just go play in our bedroom instead. <laughs> and refused to even go into their toy room. So like, fine. So I, they lost the privilege of their toys. So I took out about 90% of their toys, put them in boxes in the basement. Um, and until they can, you know, make sure. And, and now it used to be, my rule was it had to be cleaned up by the end of the day. So before bedtime. Um, and since that just stopped working, now it's just going to be, it, it has to be put away when you're done with it. And, and if it's not, then I'll take it. If after three days, everything's been put away consistently, then you can each pick one toy to come back from the basement. Um, and this is definitely more difficult for me. I was going through their room yesterday, like kind of angry at myself. Like this is really a lot of work for me and I should probably be separating the toys, but I was just so mad. I was throwing everything into a box. So it's all a big <laughs> keeping mess. And then I was like, by the end of it, like, I'm just going to go put the boxes in my car and donate. I'm done with this. But I didn't. I calmed down. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 is, it was more work for me right away. But in the long run, I do think that it'll help them make better choices in the future. Um, and it'll give them, you know, better personality traits and, and an understanding of the world. Uh, and they should learn how to clean and... Yeah. So my daily job will get easier, but right now it's, we're in the thick of it. (laughs) And we are in the thick of whining at our Mm -hmm. house. Not with our four, almost five-year-old, but with my six, almost seven-year-old. So it's been really super fun because um, I feel like you're almost seven. Like we should be moving away from whining, not getting Mm -hmm. worse at it. And I don't know what it is about the last few weeks, but I mean, it was getting, it was fine. And then it just, you know, I don't know, I guess things go in waves. Right. So, um, you know, we've given her the tools that she needs. Like, you know, you don't have to whine, you know, you don't have to get that upset about something so trivial yet. She still does it. So, um, we have resorted to, you know, we've, threatened other things but they just don't have the same effect she loves her stuffed animals in her bed so every time she whines we just take a she calls them her stuffies we take a stuffy away and Mm -hmm. she can earn it back if she makes it she can earn two back a day so she makes it to halfway through the day without whining she can have it back and then through the second part of the day she can have another one back we're still at like mm, six or sitting in the cupboard right now (laughs) so she'll be almost there and then she'll whine about something so then it's like oh i'm sorry you've lost and and then if it gets really bad then we end up taking another one away so not only does she not get to earn the one back but then she gets another one taken away so Yeah. And then also like today we really had to prepare her for our outing that we were at church. And then we went to, um, a restaurant afterwards 
for breakfast and we uh the last time I was this last week I went out with my mom and her to breakfast and she started whining at breakfast and so then we had to I mean we had already ordered and we were out with grandma so it was you know if it was just me and her I would have walked out of the restaurant um but grandma lives an hour and a half away (laughs) and so you know we really prepared her today like if that happens while we're in the restaurant today whether we've ordered food or not we are getting up and we are walking out so there was lots of preparing and all that kinds of stuff but another example that we do at home is um especially for her um calm down activities um (sighs) I I'm working on getting a bin together for her because when I offer things in the moment, basically everything I offer is garbage. Um, Mm -hmm. but she gets (laughs) super, uh, I mean, you know, you've seen it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She gets super upset. And, um, when I, give her things to do. Okay. So like calm down activities here, let's blow some bubbles because she won't take deep breaths, like flat out refuses. And I've talked about this before. Um, she will not do it. So I've come up with other ways for her to take deep breaths without like calling it that. So blowing bubbles, um, using a pinwheel, like, you know, the ones that you stick out in your yard or whatever, and the wind catches them. Uh, so using that, uh, blowing up a balloon is the most recent one that I found because randomly we were blowing up a balloon one day. She was whining right before she started blowing it up and then she started blowing it up and then she started giggling. And I was like, oh my gosh, holy crap, it works. So, (laughs) um, I also bought her one of those like flippy sequin pillow things. Um, the pet, the cat, if that, if he'll sit by her while she's in her (laughs) pull out (laughs) um giving a hug which is I know it shouldn't be but it's harder for me because I just hate the whining (laughs) Mm -hmm. so um but yes doing any of like offering any of these things in the moment she just like flat out refuses and we'll just have her hissy fit for like ever it seems like, so I'm working on like getting a box together and having her put this stuff in there and then, um, her picking what she wants to do in the moment. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, box. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause she's stubborn as a freaking meal. So, <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to some high school and middle school examples, and I'll try and be quick about this because I think we're kind of getting towards the end of our episode here. So I'm going to just go shop class specific since I am a shop teacher. Um, Some things that I've offered in the past for um, choices. So you can do in my advanced classes, I let them choose like you can do either one larger project if you want or you can do multiple smaller projects and I give them some examples but I also want them to be creative so I don't necessarily give them like plans which I am restructuring for next year um 
but for now i'm just wanting them to like get creative and like pick their own stuff um i will give them stuff if they ask for it of course but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, measurement activity is i always have them do they they love this they just take a tape measure and just go around the room and measure whatever you want i don't even care <laughs> like and they get super creative with it and they start measuring like each other and each other's arms and each other's fingers and <laughs> Like, I don't know why they think that's hilarious. Um, uh, You could do a worksheet to help with this fraction activity, or you can go do a fraction activity that I have. Like, you know, sometimes it's offering worksheets versus offering activities. Kind of like what Roberta talked about with like stations and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seventh graders, I do a wood wood burning activity with them. So they get the choice to wood burn whatever the heck they want. Of course, as long as it's school appropriate. Um, And they they do their own research and they look up whatever they want. Um, And then like my eighth graders, uh, they, so I actually, okay. So we do CO2 cars. So they obviously get to choose like their own design. They do their own designing of their car and cut it out and everything. But what I have added in, because I noticed that especially like the girls in my class weren't super excited about like the racing part necessarily. Um, but they, when I, you know, when I was watching them, I was like, Hey, a lot of these girls and boys, but they're really into like the painting part of it or some of these boys really aren't into the racing either. They're really into the um, building part of it. So then what I did was I actually offered categories for them to enter into so they can enter like the best paint design and the best build design and like the fastest. And then I have some kids who (laughs) get super into it and they're like, what if I make it super skinny and super small? Can I do that? Even though it's not going to be within the parameters. And I'm like, um, well, it's probably going to break. And they're like, I don't care if it breaks. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll make a category for, uh, that you can enter if your car breaks. (laughs) So then I just made that category too. And it like, what it does is instead of just like, Oh, we're building a car. This is cool. It gets them like excited about, building the car in their own way right because like some of them are excited about the racing part but not all of them and so I think that's what's really important is we're not just offering choices to offer choices like we're offering choices to get them excited about stuff because maybe what we think is exciting isn't necessarily exciting to 100% of the kids So I think that's really important. And, you know, like always, sometimes it's just, well, you can do this activity with us because this is the activity I have planned, or you can sit there and be a fuddy duddy and take a zero because sometimes we just can't offer choices all the time. It's just not Mm -hmm. possible. (laughs) So, right. And that's, that's a lesson that they need to learn too. Like Mm -hmm. you, there are going to be times, just like I talked about with the food, there are going to be times when you don't get to choose what you want and you just got to do it. <laughs> Some other content areas like Roberta already kind of talked about offering choices for books for like English teachers um, that would fit within the certain standard parameters. Science teachers may have different experiments that the kids could choose from that day. Like maybe they're teaching a, a certain topic on gravity or something. And he, he this, this science teacher has um, 
some things, a couple of different experiments they could choose from. Um, gym teachers, I don't know, they're, they've always got things that they're pulling out of their hats for different games and stuff like that. But, you know, maybe they have a certain cardio day where it's like, well, you could go for a run or in Minnesota, you know, we love cross country skiing. So maybe it's, well, you don't like cross country skiing. Maybe you run alongside us <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Some examples of way that parents can give teens choices. You could stay out late tonight if you want, if your teen is asking. Um, but what that means is you need to be home early tomorrow to get your schoolwork and your chores done. Um, Maybe they are asking to be on their computer or social media or whatever for 10 minutes longer than their allotted time. Well, you could do that, or you could have that treat that you were asking for tonight. Um, And then again, sometimes it's just no, like if they're asking to take their phone into their bedroom before bed, no, I'm sorry, you know the rule. Sleep is very important in this household. And if you do that, you're gonna be tempted to be on your phone and then you're not gonna get a good night's sleep and then you're not going to be your best tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I think it's also important, especially, well, I mean, with the younger kids too, but, you know, sometimes we get carried away in our own rules and our own, like, it has to be this way. It has to be that way. And yes, there is a time and place for that. Like I just said with the phone thing. Right. Um, but I think sometimes, like I said, we get carried away and then we kind of lose sight of why we're actually doing the thing. And if we've lost sight, then our kid has probably lost sight too. So I think it's important that if they bring something up to you and they're like, look, this is really important to me. And I I would like to kind of like, talk to you about it and like rebuttal this I think it's important that we listen like I do this in class a lot like my kids will ask why and I'll sometimes like think like what why why did I why did I make that rule (laughs) you know like or maybe um letting them break that rule once in a while of course as long as it's safe and it's not gonna like harm anybody or whatever, but like that could be their like special thing that they do or whatever, you know, maybe it's, you know, like I said, um, you could stay up late tonight, but it's not going to be like that every night. Or like I offer that choice in my class sometimes, you know, I know that you're having a really hard time right now. Um, this was an emotional day for you or whatever. So I'm going to give you the choice to sit today out. Um, so keeping you know, that kind of stuff in mind as well, so that we don't get lost as parents, as educators in the whole, like, this is the rule. This is why we're doing it. Um, I think, you know, they, they know what they want. They know what they need. And I think giving them the choice or the, the option to tell us that and why they think that is also important so that they learn how to speak their voice and their mind as well. It's an important skill for when they get older. We did talk a lot about various different um, age levels, but I just wanted to say, you know, there, there are, you know, modifications like for adults, we can give our peers choices or whatever, but and I'm sure coworkers, you know, like I'll take this, you know, which project would you rather take? You choose and I'll take the other one. Um, 
whatever it might be. If you have if you have specific examples, dear listeners, we would love to hear them. Um, how have you given choices, maybe to adults or other, maybe a different type of choice that we didn't talk about? So let's see. I think the biggest takeaway uh, from from t- today's episode is that having the ability to choose helps us and kids have a sense of control over our lives and responsibility over the outcome. So those big words, it gives us a sense of control, we all love, and and responsibility. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah, end with a little bit of gratitude. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, we are always grateful for you um for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chit chat and we cannot wait to talk with you again next week we want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living we would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes so feel free to message us at the teacher mama's podcast at gmail.com or the Teacher Mamas podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.